I've been privileged to be on uh, the major translation teams uh, for two different translations. I was the New Testament chair for the ESV and I'm currently on the NIV and it, it's a wonderful experience. I wish I could share it with you. Uh, it's just a giant Bible study of, of some pretty bright people uh, talking about how's the right way to say it, what's the right way to translate Greek and Hebrew and, and it's, a, it's been a wonderful experience. And it is out of that that I, I wanted to address an issue that I hear today, and that is there are so many translations, they are so different. How can I trust any of them? Very good question. Why can you trust your translation? If you have a New Living and you have a King James, it's, it, at times it feels like they're not even the same book. They're really different. And so let me just talk a bit about what it's like to sit on a translation committee and the, and the kinds of things that we do. And if I can explain it in a couple of minutes, then you're going to get a, a good feeling for why translations are different and why you can, you can trust the one that you have. Uh, the basic, most fundamental question that all translation teams have to make is, am I going to err on the side of words or meaning? That's the fundamental question. And, and every translation has a philosophy, whether it's expressed or not, or whether it's written down or not. I mean, everyone has a translation philosophy. In fact, when I came over the NIV, it took me quite a bit of time to get the ESV out of my head and get the, the NIV way of thinking into my head because my job as a translator is not to translate the way I think it should be done, but my job is to be consistent with the translation philosophy. And again, that gets back to, when, when you're sitting there looking at a verse and you're trying to translate it and, and you're having trouble saying the same thing in English, and we all want to do the same thing. Uh, every translation wants to say the same thing in English that's being said in Greek. But you, you come to a point where you have to decide, am I going to fall to the side of I'm just going to repeat the words and perhaps the Greek structure and the, and the Hebrew structure and maybe leave it ambiguous? Or am I going to fall on the side of meaning and, and convey the meaning? Now, the interesting thing is if you ask most people, what kind of Bible do you want? Uh, the most common answer is, I want one that's literal. Well, the problem is, if you look up the word literal in Webster's, it, literal has to do with meaning. It doesn't have to do with form. And a lot of people who are saying, well, I want a literal Bible, they're thinking word for word. If the, if the Greek has seven words, I want seven words in English, that kind of stuff. But literal actually means to say exactly the same thing in terms of meaning. And so translation is more like the NIV and the NLT uh, spend a little more time on trying to convey the same meaning. They want the text to impact the modern reader in the same way that it did the ancient reader. But let me give you an example, and this is kind of a fun one. It's the end, I believe, of Romans. Paul says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Well, don't really want people come up and kissing me in church. What, what, what's a holy kiss? Well, some translations just say, they translate holy kiss, and the attitude is, well, it's a Bible, you need to study it, figure it out for yourself. Other translations go, no, what did the holy kiss mean? Well, the holy kiss was not some kind of weird thing. It was, uh, it was the conventional way of greeting people. I think often of you know, the French kiss on both sides of the, both cheeks. You know, there's that kind of thing. Well, how do you say that to a modern culture? I mean, if you translate holy kiss, 
actually in our culture conveys the wrong idea. It says you're supposed to kiss the person in some way that's holy, and I'm not really quite sure what that would be. Well, what is the standard way we have of meeting brothers and sisters? Well, we shake hands, don't we? Or we give a hug now. And so there are some translations that will go from holy kiss to brotherly kiss. Others will say, greet one another warmly and completely lose the, the action. Uh, other translations will say, shake hands warmly with one another. Well, see, that's the problem in translation. Where, where are you going to fall? On words? And if it's difficult to figure out, we leave it up to you to study it? Or do we work a little harder, interpret a little more, and we, we get at the meaning of the passage and then convey the meaning? That's why translations are different. It's really that simple. It's the, the translators struggling with that one central question. Another good example is in Romans 6. Paul says, should we continue in sin that grace can abound? Well, the Greeks, meganoita. I always tell people this is a great thing to learn. Learn meganoita. If you learn anything about Greek, say meganoita. And if somebody asks you to do something that's really wrong, you say meganoita. Well, there's various ways to say no in Greek. And the way that shouts it the loudest is meganoita. And Paul's saying, should we continue in sin that grace can abound? No! Don't even, no, I thought, don't, no. Okay, that's meganoita. Well, you can't, that's not translation, right? So translators have to deal with this. And, and one translation translates it as, of course not. In my opinion, terrible translation. Because it's too lackluster. It's too, yeah, well, of course not. Uh, you know, other translations will, will try to say it stronger, uh, and they have different idioms for saying it. Actually, I think the King James is the best. I don't often say that, but in this case, I think it is. They say, God forbid. Now, the Greek word for God doesn't occur, and the Greek word forbid doesn't occur. But what the King James translations, uh, translators knew is that Meganoita is saying, no, you cannot be comfortable with ongoing sin in your life. And how can, what's the strongest way I can say that? Well, in English, God forbid, I think, is the strongest way to say that. So even though the words don't line up, the meaning lines up perfectly. So translations are different. Encourage you to pick one as your study Bible and then read one of a totally different translation philosophy. Uh, so again, an ESV is your study Bible and an NIV or an NLT is a kind of a secondary. How do other people think this goes? Or, or pick the NIV and then read the uh, NASB. Uh, but pick one Bible as your standard Bible. Get used to it. Uh, memorize from it. But be free to read the other translations as different ways of that godly and scholarly men and women look at the text and try to help you understand what God's Word says. Mm -hmm.